Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. I'm Marley Weirda, joined by Brett Behrens, who is in Minnesota after the Illini pull-off the seemingly impossible task of knocking off Minnesota on the road. We saw them do it a couple weeks ago against Penn State, but Brett, I don't think anybody had money on Illinois to come in there and do it again, get their second straight win over a ranked team and do it 14 to six against the Gophers. You were there covering the game. Um, What are your initial takeaways from that one? Well, the Minnesota fans were in shock in one sense. There were some boos going into halftime as the team and the Gophers ran into their tunnel. And it was an impressive performance by Illinois. And they, they deserve a ton of credit for that. Minnesota was not its typical Minnesota self. And they're a really, really good team. We're leading the Big Ten West coming into the day. And Illinois pretty much imposed its will. And especially on the defensive side where they held the Gophers to less than 100 yards rushing. And that deserves a whole ton of credit for what Minnesota is this season and has been. And Illinois flipped the script on that and showed that the Gophers are vulnerable. Bowling Green beat Minnesota on its home field, and now Illinois does as well. This is a bad loss for Minnesota, without a doubt. Uh, maybe not quite as bad as losing the Bowling Green on your home field, but uh, Minnesota had trouble running the ball, and the Illinois defense deserves a ton of credit for that. That's the biggest storyline for me is that this this Illini defense came to play today, forced a couple of turnovers, sacked Tanner Morgan six times, really set the tone early defensively by Tariq Barnes' interception. They go down and score on that the first touchdown in the first quarter all season it's it's incredible to think about that they hadn't put up six in the first quarter and from there they were off and running and controlled the clock and the tempo after that and walked out with a win yeah and you mentioned the defense and I think the narrative this whole season has been the defense is showing up is making plays is doing everything to give Illinois a chance in a game I mean we've seen it all season But now they finally get the result that they wanted. The offense shows up, and like you mentioned, a first quarter touchdown for the first time all season. How important do you think that, you know, strong start was for Illinois in giving them the momentum in in this one? Critical, and I think it was a confidence booster that they needed. Brett Bielema said after the game that they had really stressed this week in practice in, in getting off to a better start and really trying to get a sense of urgency at the beginning of the games. And they showed that, and they had it. And the, the crazy thing was is that Minnesota was moving the ball, you know, and, and they came out, and Illinois deferred once again, uh, which worked out really, really well that they got the ball to start the second half, uh, you know, up 14 nothing, you know. But Tanner Morgan comes out, pass for 11 yards, rush for 11 yards, and I, here I am on the sideline thinking, man, this is going to be a long day if they're getting these chunk yardages in the first drive like this. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the fifth play of the game, here comes Tariq Barnes. And what a great way for Illinois to really impose its will and start out. And then for them to come out and score, Marley. I think they put a little bit of doubt in Minnesota in the sense that oh, wow, this is not going to be an, an easy game, you know, so to speak. And then there's even a little bit more doubt 
when on Illinois' second drive, it scores. And all of a sudden, it's 14 nothing, and, and the fans in the stadium were looking around trying to figure out what was going on. But it wasn't just 14 nothing; It was the start of the second quarter already. There was only three drives from total in the second half or in the first quarter. That was it. Both teams came out and wanted to limit the possessions, and they did that. You know, when, when you look at the drive chart on, on the game and, you know, there's the possessions and, and the time that these possessions are starting and, and how long they're lasting, it, it's really pretty impressive of, of what both teams were able to do. And when you have those limited possession games, those points matter. And those turnovers matter even more in that sense. Illinois won the turnover battle. They got two interceptions. And the fourth down really in my eyes should be a turnover it's not listed at that but that's essentially what it is i mean that fourth down in the third quarter i think was huge for illinois to say that hey we are taking a stand here and um you know we're going to come out and win this game and that's what they did minnesota goes one of three on fourth down in the game and just three of 13 on third down two big time stats for me to show how impressive this Illinois defense was. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Tariq Barnes. I thought Owen Carney played a great game. He showed up big time with that um, sack on a, was it a fourth? Fourth down, yeah. Um, and and really this, this defense has been playing really well, Brett. What do you think, you know, this says about maybe this Ryan Walters higher? And and to, to me, they're, they're the backbone of this team as they've shown, you know, time and time again that, they can keep Illinois in these games. They can keep them competitive and, you know, sometimes even bring Illinois to a win, which I think they did. 100%. Yeah, the defense won this game. Illinois still only scored 14 points, Mar. I mean, yeah. it's not like they came <laughs> out and stormed the world down. Um, they were just really good for two consecutive drives. And Illinois, once again, struggles to score more than, you know, two, two and a half, you want to call it, with field goals. Uh, against power five teams i mean charlotte's the last time they scored um more than 20 points you can call it 20 at penn state but it took nine overtimes to get there sure so 20 uh, in regulation, regulation i guess yeah and so the last time they did that against a, a power five opponent um was nebraska the first the season opener you know they put up 30 and a loss to utsa but that's not a power five opponent you know mm. and they beat charlotte and only put up 24 in that game to win by 10 so the offense isn't beating the world down here and that's not breaking news by any means. And so if that's the case, then you've got to come out and have your defense keep you in games and to hold a Minnesota team that, you know, was putting up some pretty decent points this year to just six points. I mean, that's, that's impressive. I, I just, I, I leave really impressed with what they were able to do um, to stop Tanner Morgan I don't want to say stop because like his, his yards don't show that they stopped him necessarily, but they really contained him and, and forced him to throw because the running game was just not there, you know? And like we mentioned, other than the Bowling Green loss, Minnesota by and large is, is taking care of business this year. And, you know, they put up 31 on Ohio state, you know, they, they put up 30 on Colorado and 20 on Purdue, you know? So it's like, this this team can score and 
Illinois was able to to really put a dent into their season. And look, Minnesota still has a chance to go win the West if they can beat Iowa and Wisconsin. Good luck doing that. They play at Iowa next weekend at Indiana and then Wisconsin to close it out. But the other thing too, Molly, that I, I leave from this is just thinking back to what could have been. And it's it's easy to have hindsight and it's easy to look back and think, man, if a play goes one way or just a little bit different way here or there or whatever, just my how the season changes. And, and maybe if they beat Purdue or Maryland, Penn State doesn't look at Illinois the same way. Or maybe that game goes a little bit different. We're never going to know how that plays out. But as Illinois now sits at four and six and three and four in the Big Ten, you just start to look back here and go, what if? You know, what if they could have uh, converted a, a fourth down against Purdue or Maryland, you know, and, and even if you get one of those two and, and you're sitting here at five and five, I just get a whole different feeling of of what this could be. Or can you go down the field at, Ruck, you know, against Rutgers last weekend and score a touchdown and win the game, you know, and um, they're not out of it yet. And I know a lot of Illini fans are rolling their eyes, even just thinking about, well, you got to win three here before the day to come into it to to make a bowl game and now it's just two and i talked with robert rosenthal about this on the sunday no huddle that's going to air tomorrow night but it's just like i was a very similar team to minnesota there's not much difference there i think iowa's defense is a lot better but offensively you don't look at iowa and say man they're gonna beat the door down for four quarters on you um iowa plays a very Similar brand of football that Brett Bielema wants to play, and this is the kind of games that Brett wants to play. These are the types of teams he wants to have. Control the clock and uh, and not let your opponent beat you and, and play pretty sound football. Uh, penalties today hurt a little bit, but, you know, I, th- I thought overall they played a pretty clean brand of football. You know, no turnovers. Brandon Peters threw nine passes, Molly. I mean, think about that. He yeah. Threw nine <laughs> passes. But yet I thought he was really effective with his legs. I thought he did some really, really good things with his legs to keep the defense honest, move the chains. And uh, it was, I just, I just leave really impressed about what this team showed today. And then also looking back going, man, what could have been and still what could be, you know, like I said, they're, they're not out of it yet. Uh, they're, they live to fight another day for those bull dreams. Right. But still, still a long way to go if they're going to, if they're going to play a 13th game. Yeah, and I think what this is showing in my eyes is that maybe this type of success isn't sustainable. You know, you're not going to go on the road and be a ranked opponent every time. I mean, so far, Illinois has done that, but essentially they've been doing it without a quarterback. Art Sikowski did not play great in the Penn State game. Uh, Brandon Peters only threw 80 yards today, and I think that, you know, signals maybe to what what could be in the future and if illinois is able to get you know a big 10 quarterback um in those shoes what they could potentially be because they're just kind of getting by i think at this point like you mentioned they didn't go in there and and blow out minnesota sure they were close to a shutout but when you only put 14 points on the board i don't know if that's gonna win you games time and time again but you know brandon peters was effective completed 77 percent of his passes but um, just reiterating your point, Brett, I think as as we look back on this, you know, wow, this could have been a, a seven, eight win Illinois team if just some of those other games have gone their way. But I, I don't want to ask you, oh, do you think Illinois is going to make a bowl game? But 
I mean, the, the, the chance is there. We kind of, I know you joked about it um, in your report last night. Like there's a chance, there's a small chance, but you're telling me there's a chance. It's like that. There's like a meme um, or some movie quote like that. But <laughs> I. Dumb and dumber, Marley. It predates your time. I'm sorry. Is it? <laughs> no, I know I've heard the phrase before, but um, I, I mean, I can see them. I think it would fit the Illinois narrative so well to beat Minnesota, beat Iowa, and then lose to Northwestern. Yeah, and Illinois Lincoln. hasn't beat Northwestern since 2014. Sure. And they Illinois also hasn't shown that they can win two games in the row. And I think that's kind of the, the path that maybe this season has taken you know, okay, maybe if they didn't lose that game against Wisconsin as bad as they did, they wouldn't be as hungry to go out there and try and beat Penn State. Um, so I think it's just kind of those those ups and downs of the season that Illinois has been experiencing without getting any kind of consistent or sustained success, which I think is, is the next level for them. 100%. And you got to figure out how to be consistent and – how to come out every game and every day with the same effort. And and that leads to the ultimate success long-term. That's what Brett's trying to build here. It just takes some time. And I think it also is, is the part of coaches learning the players, coaches learning each other. And, and the same is true for the players. And, you know, what they're doing best at is, is uh, you know, Figuring, I, I just, I think they figured out what they have, the coaches, and I think they're putting the players in positions to succeed far better than the previous staff, and I think that's noteworthy because the the players today talking to Kirby Joseph afterwards and and talking to Tony Adams just about how Ryan Walters has fit them to succeed. Yes, we've talked at nauseum about the changes after the Virginia game, but. Both of those guys today talked about communicating and, and trying to get responses from Ryan and Ryan asking the players what they like and, and having conversations and just things that maybe us on the outside would think are common, but I don't think that's necessarily always the case. And they they just have a vibe and a, a really good chemistry about them right now that is leading them to success. And... I think that goes back to a lot of Ryan Walters, who is probably going to earn uh, a pay raise or should earn a pay raise after this season and what he's been able to do and, and bring the best out in his guys. And that's what a coach is, right? Coach should bring the best out in their athletes. And that's what Ryan Walters has done this year. Yeah. And Brett, I don't know if you can provide any insight to this, but as I'm looking at Illinois' receiving stats, a couple things stand out to me. It's that... Three of Illinois' four top receivers are current or former walk-ons. Marquise, Ryman, and Sandy, who yeah. all caught passes today for Illinois. And they all caught, they each had one reception, but had more yards than, than Daniel Barker. I don't know what that, that says about Illinois right now, but can, can you provide anything just, just being there at the game and maybe seeing, okay, uh, tip Ryman catch uh, a touchdown pass for Illinois, the former walk-on and and redshirt freshman. Yeah, so Carlos Sandy's a red or a scholarship player, but okay, he is. Yeah, Tip yeah. Tip and Michael were not um, when they came originally, and so 
yeah, I mean, Michael's been all over the place. He played safety, and then he moved to linebacker, and now he's playing tight end, and he, he's been all over the field. Uh, Tip Ryman talks after the game just about his journey and, you know, having the belief that he belonged here, and he was wide open in the corner. <laughs> there was nobody around him, and and good for him to make the catch and bring that ball in and, and put Illinois up 14 nothing. But, yeah, you know, Isaiah with only one reception for four yards, he made a bigger impact than that, played quarterback several times uh, today in a, in a wildcat situation. Um, we even saw Ryan Johnson in the game after Brandon Peters went down once. We saw Caleb Griffin. Caleb Griffin, I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't work out well. Fortunately for Illinois, it, it ended better than it was executed. Sure. Uh, with with the incompletion there, like that could have been costly if if that went into the defense's defense's hands. But um, yeah, you know what? I, I was thinking about this too, Marley, and not to change the subject, but just defensively with what they have, and and they're going to lose quite a bit next year. Uh, you know, you, you're going to not have Owen Carney there, or Isaiah Gay, or mm-hmm. you know some of the other players like Tony Adams who have been staples for you. But you also bring back quite a bit here. And and I think it's really important that they continue to build this confidence and this momentum defensively. Sidney Brown's going to be back. You know, Tariq Barnes is going to be back and, and add a ton of depth to that linebacker spot when you when you also return C.J. Hart. You know, Jerzon Newton's just a redshirt freshman. And I thought he had a really, really nice game and, and made an impact and only five tackles, but – you know, those defensive linemen are just getting in the way, you know, and, and being run stoppers and, and really plugging up gaps and holes. And I thought he did a really nice job. And, and Kirby Joseph has continued to shine. Kalen Tolson, once again, Keith Randolph Jr. Um, continues to, to really shine. And, you know, you're bringing back all those guys. And, and I think they've set a really nice foundation here with Ryan Walters of, of what they want to do and also with some talent coming back as well. Yeah, and I think the biggest roster turnover that we'll probably see is on the offensive side of the ball, and that's going to happen, I think, at the end of this season. We'll see a ton of guys leave or enter the transfer portal, whatever it may be. Some are graduating. Um, But, you know, maybe that'll work in Illinois' favor. They can pick up um, some experienced guys in the transfer portal. I know college football has changed a lot um, with that, and especially now with the one-time transfer rule. But, um, you know, they'll, I guess, keep – Chase Brown, uh, who had a great game today, 148 rushing yards. But I think he's on pace to break 1,000 rushing yards this year. I think he could do it. Yeah, he's close. He talked about a couple of goals he had, and he didn't share those. But I I would almost guarantee that's one of his goals that he wants to do and, and prove that you know he is deserving of being an all-Big Ten back like he was last year and, and taking that to another level. And I think he's playing like that right now. So um, really solid day for – for Chase Brown and what he was able to do and, and help control the tempo and the offense. And, and when you rush 33 times, uh, that, that shows the, the bell cow back there that Illinois needs and, and uh, credit to him. Cause Josh McCray was, has been dealing with some sickness. Uh, Brett said after the game and just hasn't been feeling really up to par. And so the load was on chase today and, and he delivered no doubt about it. Absolutely. All right, well, Brett, any um, final thoughts before we wrap up here? I forgot to mention the name of the podcast at the beginning, but this was Brett's idea. It was Skiu Na. 
a play yeah, so off of ski you <laughs> so they say it's sky so sky, sky sorry <laughs> sky you nah sky you yeah they just said it all the time at the game i, I don't know completely understand what it means or something from a hundred plus years ago and some professor, I looked it up, but it just sounds dumb. So uh, we're going with sky, you nah, like nah. <laughs> nah. My idea was a horrible day for Minnesota because they do the oars and the, the row your boat type of yeah, deal. Oh, yeah. Their yeah. kind of identity. But I saw a couple of the Illinois players. Um, oh, yeah. After Blake a Higgins big play. Ride the boat, row the boat. Row the boat. It was it was uh, fun to see them doing that. They were having some fun with it, no doubt about it. The nice. the gopher, Goldie the gopher is kind of obnoxious. <laughs> I mean, he's a mascot, and uh, he was down there by me on the field most of the day. But I don't know. It's like he's pretty pretty cute mascot, but I felt like he was kind of obnoxious. It's like all right, easy there, Goldie. Easy. Well, Brett, what did you think of Huntington Bank Stadium? It was your first time there, right? Yeah, it's nice. I've been to all but one now. So Which one are you missing? Crossed off. Indiana is the only one I haven't been to a game at. I've been there uh, at the field, but I've just never been to a game there. So um, 13 out of 14 now. Man. But it's this is up. This is top half. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. It's a really, really nice feel. Close to downtown. You can see the city from the field uh, just off in the distance to the west. And yeah, it was great. It was very, very nice. All right. Well, anything else, Brett, before we let you go? Nope. Bye week for Illinois now. Yeah. So they'll look to rest and recoup a little bit and continue to improve and, and carry this momentum into Iowa, which now looks to be, you know, let's say a, a winnable game because Iowa's going to be favored, no doubt about it, but a game that Illinois can compete in. They haven't won in Iowa City in a long time. So, um, you know, see if they can go make some more history. All right. A bye week, Iowa, the Northwestern. Um, luckily, it's a bye week next week for Illinois, so the spotlight can be on Illinois basketball, which tips off their season in just a couple days now. Um, can't believe we're finally getting to basketball season, but uh, we'll be locked and loaded here on the WCI 3-in-1 podcast for the next couple weeks, and you can watch more, as always, on our newscast. We'll have... Some more coming Sunday night. Um, Brett Barron speaks to Robert Rosenthal, our Illini expert from IlliniBoard.com, to provide more insight on this game and much more coming your way as we continue through the rest of the football season and basketball soon to come. All right, that'll do it for us here on the WCI 3 and one podcast. We'll see you next time. 